What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, Locked on Dolphins. Today on the show, looking at who the Dolphins' best possible trade chip could be for the team entering into 2022 training camp, where, of course, you got to worry about roster cuts and guys making the team and getting young guys on the field. Lots of variables at play. Who are Miami's best options to potentially move as the season creeps closer? We're looking at it today on the show. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's good on Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked On Dolphins, Miami Dolphins fan for life, director of scouting at the draftnetwork.com, your host here on Locked On Dolphins today on the show. We're exploring the Dolphins roster for players that might make sense for the team to explore moving based on the numbers game. This is not a situation that the Dolphins have found themselves in in recent years, thanks in large part due to the teardown the team had in 2019. But good rosters have to make difficult decisions as it pertains to who they invest their roster spots into and who they don't invest their roster spots into. And the Dolphins, as we talked about yesterday and as we have talked about all offseason long, they're a good team now. They're a good roster now, which means some difficult decisions are coming. We're talking about that today on the show. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. And with that in mind, we're going to look at this through the lens of each room of the Dolphins roster, the quarterback room, the running back room, the wide receiver room, the tight end room so on and so forth down the list, trying to identify based on play, financials, teammates, scheme, all of the above. Who the most sense, not, not who is the most valuable trade piece, but who is the player that might make sense for the Dolphins to try to trade if they were to trade a player at a respected position group. And we'll, of course, acknowledge, hey, this probably isn't a group that, that they're going to make a trade, which I would point to the quarterback position and say, this is not a likely spot for the Dolphins to actually trade somebody. Because you have Tua Tagovailoa, fifth overall pick from 2020, trying to establish his footing. You have Teddy Bridgewater, who you signed on a one-year deal. And you have Skylar Thompson, who you just drafted in the seventh round. If you had to ask me who was the most likely player out of this group to get traded, it would probably be Skylar Thompson, even though he was drafted in the seventh round. I know Teddy Bridgewater is somebody who teams, if they incurred an injury, might look at and say, hey, Teddy started games in the NFL. He's on a financially friendly deal. Maybe we could bring him in. Uh, but but I do think you, as the Dolphins, are doing a disservice uh, to your quarterback room, given that Tua has had a couple of injuries over the last couple of years. You do want to have a stabilizing factor. And if you trade Teddy and Tua does get hurt, what do you have at the quarterback position? A seventh-round rookie and nothing else right now. I don't think that would make sense. But if a team said, hey, you know what? Hindsight being 2020, we're head over heels we want to give you a five for Skylar Thompson. Yeah, the Dolphins would probably trade a seventh-round quarterback for a five with no 
you know, it, it, you, there's no depreciation there as far as what you invested versus what you got in return. Is that likely to happen? No, it's about an absolute zero. But just based on Tua Tungvaloa, the investment that's been made into him, and Teddy Bridgewater, the stabilizing force that he provides, the value that he brings as an experienced backup quarterback, I think Thompson is the would be the odd man out if you had to pick one for somebody who could get traded. I promise other position groups are more interesting than quarterback, though, and, and that includes the running back position where you have Chase Edmonds and Sony Michelle and Raheem Mostert and Miles Gaskin and Savan Ahmed and Jared Dokes and Zaquandra White. That's a lot of names, seven names. Uh, you could also include Alec Ingold and John Lovett if you'd like in the offseason roster, uh, the two fullbacks that are on the roster right now. So you get nine backfield players. If I had to pick somebody that I think would be the odd man out here and I could actually net you something in a trade, I would look at Miles Gaskin. Obviously, he's he's been the team's uh, primary back the last two seasons. Uh, but the Dolphins kind of told us what they thought of him and his role in that offense, uh, the offense they're planning to run by bringing in three prior NFL starting running backs. Uh, I don't think that's a very friendly endorsement for Miles Gaskin, and I certainly don't think his skill set is an ideal fit for what the Dolphins are looking to run. So you have a kind of a, a discrepancy in scheme and skill set. Gaskin was the uh, a seventh round pick in 2019. So I'm not a math guy, but 19, 20, 21, 22. This is his fourth year in the NFL. This is the last year of his rookie contract. Financially speaking, that's a very low cap hit. Gaskin could probably net you a late... Day three selection, a six or a seven for a team if they they found themselves uh, with a couple of injuries in camp and, and needing somebody who's competent, um, runs a little bit more inside zone, keeps the backs involved in the passing game. These uh, the, the backs involved in the passing game thing is certainly something we expect from the Dolphins, but with Edmonds and Michelle and potentially Zaquandre, right? Like you got enough other guys that you could absorb that departure. And that would be an appealing one for Miami because the writing appears to be on the wall that this is probably going to be Miles Gaskin's last season in Miami based on the influx of new talent. So I would peg Gaskin as the most likely trade candidate out of the running back group. Your wide receivers. We got a bunch of them. Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, Cedric Wilson, Eric Azucama, Trent Sherfield. Limbo and Jr., Preston Williams, Cody Core, River Craycraft, Devontae Dedman, and Braylon Sanders. Here's the thing. You can take the last four names I mentioned. Core, Craycraft, Sanders, and Dedman. And I don't think you have any trade value market for them whatsoever. Waddle and Hill are untouchable. Given the contract the team paid Cedric Wilson... I find him to be a highly unlikely trade candidate. Eric Ezukama was a top 120 selection. That eliminates him. So I think you have three names that could have a reasonable chance for the right offer to entertain. Uh, and then we can get into the, the merits of each one of these players and whether or not a team would be willing to trade a pick for them. Lynn Bowden Jr., Trent Sherfield, Preston Williams. 
Bowden Jr. is an interesting one. I, I could certainly see there being some enthusiasm for him based on his versatility as an athlete, what he put on film for the Dolphins in 2020. But that's also got some value for the team itself. Whereas Sherfield, Preston Williams, Ezukama are three guys who I think are battling for a couple spots on the roster. And I would say this. I understand the team made a decision to bring Preston Williams back. But he, for me, looking at this wide receiver room, is still wide receiver seven. And with the tight ends and the backs you're anticipating to keep, I don't think you're going to keep that many. Now, would a team be willing to send a late pick for Preston Williams as a roll of the dice that he could stay healthy for you? Maybe. But he would be the most likely one out of these top names that we're, we're talking about. I think Limbo and Junior would probably have more intrigue from teams across the league. But I think the Dolphins would be less inclined to trade him as compared to Preston Williams where you have a couple other guys in Sherfield and Eric Azucama who can fulfill the same kind of role and presumably bring special teams value. Uh, so I think that that's the interesting foil uh, there that the Dolphins will have to make in that decision. But uh, I would mention for offensive skill players, Skylar Thompson, Miles Gaskin, and Preston Williams, respectively, the most likely to be traded when comparing whether or not teams would be interested versus the Dolphins' current situation with those players involved. Give me those guys. Uh, that, that would be my best guess. Listen, guys, whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Make your moment sparkle with blue, jewelry from BlueNile.com. Locked on Dolphins listeners. Get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement jewelry. Use code locked on. That is code locked on. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what is inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. The offensive line group, we're going to lump all these guys in together because I think there's a very clear and obvious answer here in my mind. The most likely offensive lineman to generate a trade for the Dolphins, in my mind, would be the player who is the clear and obvious non-scheme fit for what the Dolphins are doing. And this is uh, this is the cost of doing business with several offensive coordinators in several seasons and changing head coaches. And that lack of continuity uh, inevitably leads to some collateral. And uh, Solomon Kinley, the fourth round pick from 2020, who remember the Dolphins traded two fourth round picks to move up in that round to go get Solomon Kinley, um, is a player who I have a very hard time seeing fitting within the Dolphins zone system here and now. Uh, obviously, you have Robert Hunt holding down one of the guard spots. Kinley does not have center flexibility, so the only other spots you would be looking at him is left guard. Well, you have Liam Eikenberg a second-round pick. Well, at the end of the day, to some degree, a second-round pick from 2021 who has positional versatility is going to have a greater appeal than a fourth-round pick who doesn't have the athletic profile to project into your new system. You also have Robert Jones as a UDFA from last year who was on the team last year. Played tackle. Positional versatility, can play inside, has good power at the point of attack. But because he has tackle flexibility, 
That also means he has a little bit more functional athleticism than Solomon Kinley. I think Solomon Kinley is kind of your odd man out as it pertains to this offensive line. You have Armstead, Eichenberg, Williams, Hunt, Jackson, projected starting five. Michael Dieter is utility, who we didn't even mention, to play all three spots. Uh, Robert Jones, that's seven. Greg Little would be eight. You you might carry nine. Uh, so is that going to be Kellen Deesh or Larnell Coleman? Solomon Kinley could, but at the same time, I just don't I don't see that scheme fit that makes sense. And that to me makes him an obvious departure. I think Michael Dieter as a utility player is too valuable to this team uh, for them to to warrant and entertain a trade. But Kinley, it's just kind of that square peg and round hole conundrum. And therefore, he would be the one I would point to. Now, what does that get you? Uh, this might be the player out of all the names that we've mentioned that might actually net you something of interest. Um, it still wouldn't be better than a mid to late day three selection. But as a fourth round pick, who didn't play last year, but played reasonably well in stretches as a rookie in 2020. Uh, Kinley might get you six. And if that were the case for a player who's probably not going to make your roster and is, is looking at being cut, I'd take a six. I personally wouldn't. Now, you, you never like to see two fours turn into a six after two years, but that's depreciation. And as we said, that's that's the cost of doing business with so much turnover on the offensive side of the ball. We did not mention the tight end position. Uh, we have Mike Gusecki on the franchise tag, Durham Smythe, Adam Shaheen, Hunter Long, Seathan Carter. Hmm. Probably Shaheen uh, would be the most likely to be traded. Hunter Long was a reasonable investment by Chris Greer. Say what you will about Brian Flores no longer being here. Chris Greer was the GM, and, and they drafted this player in the third round in 2021. Uh, Durham Smythe, they brought back on a contract extension. Mike Gusecki's on the franchise tag, and there's a, a little bit of energy there about uh, them trying to get him to be a more complete player. You have not heard much of anything from Shaheen. Shaheen has been uh, quiet in the receiving game. Uh, and Shaheen is also a former second round pick. So there, there might be enough interest there for a, a, another late round draft selection, probably be like a conditional seven or something like that. But, uh, all things considered, he would be the one that I would earmark as likely to be dealt out of that tight end room. Seathan Carter, maybe, but I think there's some special teams value there. Does Alec Ingold fill that role for a special team skill player offensively? And if he does, well, maybe Seathan Carter, somebody you can move for somebody looking for a util player, but it, it's pretty slim pickings for anybody on the offensive side of the ball that's going to manufacture any market, which would make sense because that was based on our assessment of the roster coming into this offseason, the, the side of the ball that was devoid of talent. You don't have a devoid of talent problem on the defensive side of the ball. And you, I don't think you have a devoid of talent problem on the offensive side of the ball anymore either. You just don't have the embarrassment of riches in most of your rooms. Uh, and the one that you you have a lot of depth in, you have a couple untouchable players in wide receiver. And uh, at tight end, you have players that you've made recent firm commitments to. And at the running back position, uh, it's just a devalued position. But that, that does get interesting on the defensive side of the ball. Well, look at the defensive line it's in, in its entirety. Uh, you have Agba, Davis, Wilkins. Sealer, Jenkins, Butler, Ben Steele, Benito Jones, Owen Carney, Jordan Williams. 
I will not include your hybrid linebacker. To, uh, yeah, we probably should. Jalen Phillips, Melvin Ingram, Porter Gustin, DeAndre Johnson, and what the heck, we'll throw the other backers into. Andrew Van Ginkle, Brennan Scarlett, Cameron Good, and Darius Hodge. And, and this executive decision was made flying by the seat of my pants because I'll tell you, I don't look at any of the interior guys and think you've got anybody with a market that the Dolphins would want to move on from. Wilkins, Davis, Agba, maybe Adam Butler if you wanted to clear some snaps for somebody else to take the, those snaps in your, your 5-0 rush package. And well, Can Zach Sealer do that? I would assume Christian Wilkins is going to be uh, more of the early down base defense stuff, so that, that might be regulated to Zach Sealer. Um, Butler's in a contract year. He's somebody that I would at least ask the question, right? Like, what, what what could we possibly get for Adam Butler? But I don't feel really good about the options that you have here. But if you expand this to include the edge guys, the Jalen Phillipses of the world, who's, who's not going to be dealt, let's be completely honest, the Melvin Ingrams of the world, who's not going to be dealt, Porter Gustins of the world, who I don't think is going to have a market. Uh, but you got Andrew Van Ginkle, Brennan Scarlett, and Cameron Good, plus Darius Hodge and DeAndre Johnson. Scarlet versus Good is a showcase for me that um, could make this interesting. And you could probably include Porter Gustin in here. And the reason why is if Porter Gustin and or Cameron Good sweep the Dolphins off their feet in training camp in the preseason, that could make Brennan Scarlet an expendable player relative to what he brings as a pass rusher, um, his financial cost. They made the decision to bring him back. But Van Ginkle, too valuable on special teams, too valuable as a sub-package guy. Phillips, obviously, first-round pick. Ingram, big standout, free agent signing, short-term deal. Scarlett's the one that you... And even Emmanuel Agba can kind of play that role, too. So I think you have enough other options where if other guys show out, it might make Scarlett valuable to a team who might need some help defending the run. Uh, do I think you've got a robust market for him? No, but he would be the one that I would earmark as the most likely to be dealt. Uh, your stack backers. We've got six of them. Elena Roberts, Jerome Baker, Channing Tindall, Duke Riley, Sam Aguavin, and Calvin Munson. This is a tough group uh, because Tindall was the, the first round pick, not going to get dealt. Jerome Baker, not going to get dealt. And like everybody else was brought back. <laughs> Yeah, Roberts, Riley, Iguavin all brought back. Calvin Munson's been a fringe roster player for a really long time. Um, has cleared waivers a couple times. I don't think that, that gives you a great vote of confidence that anybody would trade a pick for him. So who's who's the guy? I don't want them to trade one of our athletic guys. Iguavin, as a pressure player, has become a really good sub-package pressure linebacker. Uh, and Duke Riley as kind of a rangy space type guy. So then I look at Channing Tindall. And I ask myself, where is he more ready to make an impact? And I think Channing Tindall, based on how he was used at Georgia as a pressure player from depth, probably is more ready to make an impact in the Sam McGuavin role on this defense. Now, 
trading Sam McGuavin, that hurts your special team. So you got to make sure you got guys ready to rise to the occasion there. And I, I love his story, McGuavin's story. I would not want to deal him. And I don't think there'd be a necessarily a robust market for him either quite like a Brennan Scarlet. When we get to the end of this process, we'll acknowledge who the guys are that probably have the best market or would have the best theoretical market. But Aguavin's the one that I could see Tyndall making exposable, exposable sooner rather than later based on his readiness in that component of playing the position. It makes Aguavin a backup at what the thing that he does best. And if you got other guys that can play teams, and I think this team does, then I think that makes him a, an odd potential odd man out. Before we continue onwards, we got uh, defensive backs left to tackle here on the show. A little dad joke for you. Uh, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL Finals and Major League Baseball plus NFL Futures. They got a whole bunch for you. It's your best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check on all of your favorite sports. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. So your cornerback room. You have Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, Nick Needham, Keon Crossan, Noah Igbenogany, Trill Williams, D'Angelo Ross, Elijah Campbell, Quincy Wilson, Elijah Hamilton. Uh, so probably the most, the easy layup here, if he had sustained intrigue uh, as a player, and I, he does not, unfortunately, would be Quincy Wilson, the cornerback from uh, University of Florida. This was once upon a time a top 50 pick, but he has really struggled to find his footing in the NFL. Uh, he was a street free agent. This was a guy without a team, so I don't think that gives you any interest here. Maybe Trill Williams. Uh, I would say Noah Igbenogany, but he hasn't had a chance to put anything on display. Now, if he gets into the preseason and he balls out, maybe there's a conversation to be had. Of course, Byron Jones's name was mentioned this offseason as a potential earlier trade candidate. There's a restructure there, so that doesn't make sense. Uh, Igbenogany playing on a first year, a first round contract probably also doesn't make sense relative and proportionate to uh, the film that he's had a chance to put on display. If he plays in the preseason and he kills it, maybe you could see some buzz rise there. But I would look at Trill Williams uh, as a player who a team might take a late round flyer on. And remember, he was an undrafted free agent due to medicals, signed with New Orleans, failed his physical, and then came down to Miami and signed in Miami. He had a lot of interest because if the medicals were clean, he'd have been drafted. Uh, but in Miami, he's probably RB if, or RB. Jeez, come on, Kyle. CB four at best, if not five, if not six, if you're including Eric Rowe. More on him in a minute. Uh, Howard, Jones, Byron Jones. Nick Needham, Eric Rose background, I would put over Trill Williams right now, and Noah Igbenogany, maybe based on his pedigree. So that, I mean, that's a pretty steep uphill climb. Now, the dude is going to play on all 
all your special teams unit and he can tackle like crazy and he's super long and he's super athletic and linear situation. So like there's a pathway here and obviously the dolphins uh, held on to him. So there, there's developmental upside here as well. But if a team comes calling, offering you a draft pick for a player that was a, an undrafted free agents that you sign on waivers, that your CB five or six, are you not going to take the pick? I don't know. You probably would. I mean, that that's it. What value does that bring you versus an asset that, you know, even if you don't use it on a player, if you, even if you don't use it on a pick in the draft, even if you trade it for another player, you know, teams that are in the life cycle that the Dolphins are in, where they're a little bit more aggressive in their mentality, they're trading picks in the fifth and sixth round for 30, 31 year old veterans with two years left on their deals uh, because teams are slowing down and teams are uncompetitive and uh, the players slowing down and they want to get young guys on the field. Go Google what Calais Campbell got traded to. Next time you want a good laugh for what a team gave up to get a player. It's unbelievable, man. Go Google what Rob Gronkowski got traded for. So yeah, if a team calls you up and says, hey, we'll give you a late day three pick for, for Trill Williams, that might not just be, oh yeah, we'll, we'll take a lottery ticket. Well, that might be, well, hey, yeah, that's an extra piece of ammo for us to go get a, a veteran guy who might be able to put us over the top next year. So I'd probably say Trill, just based on the the demand that he had as an undrafted free agent and the financial circumstances behind his contract versus that of Noe Benai. And then it's safety. You got Javon Holland. No. Kick rocks. Get out of here. Uh, Brandon Jones, Eric Rowe, Sheldrick Redwine, Verone McKinley, the undrafted free agent, and Clayton Fejlum, who's been your, your back special teams kind of guy. Um, Rowe... And his trending in snaps is an area that I'd like to be abundantly clear. I would not like to trade Eric Rowe. I love having the insurance policy that Eric Rowe provides in your secondary at both safety and corner. I think it's invaluable. And for a team that's looking to compete, I think trading away this kind of player for marginal financial, it's not a small amount of money. It's a couple million dollars in cap savings. But at what cost and what expense? Uh, you got to have a lot more trust in Noe Benogany, and you got to have a lot more trust in either Sheldrick Redwine or Clayton Fejlum or Roe McKinley to play on defense, never mind the team's reps that, that would be impacted by shuffling and moving guys up into some sub package groups defensively. But Roe is the one based on his age based on his progression of snaps, based on the young players in front of him in the base defense, that would probably be make the most sense. And I think what makes this tough is like Roe is probably the guy that would net you the best pick out of all the guys that we've mentioned as, as guys that would be sensible players for the Dolphins to entertain trading. Yeah, I mean, you, you could trade Jalen Phillips and Emmanuel Agua and Tyreek Hill and all these other guys, the Toronto Arms, that like you could trade them for a bunch of picks. But that doesn't make any sense for the Dolphins, right? Of all the, the individual players with their individual circumstances, Roe is the one that you could see a sensible pathway for. And I know Bleacher Report put out the, the article with, with crafting trade ideas, and they had mentioned Roe to the Titans, which kick rocks, Tennessee. I'm not looking to help you at all, respectfully. Um, and the projected value there was a five. A fi you could probably get a five. For Eric Rowe, you probably could uh, because it's not a bank breaking 
situation. You could trade him, trade for him to play safety. You could trade for him to to play corner. Um, He's a pretty, pretty good cover guy. He can cover tight ends with the best of them unless they're the absolute elite of the elite. And really nobody can cover those guys. Uh, And I understand he's a year closer to 30 and he's slowing down and all that jazz. But at the same time, he could still play. It just so happens Brandon Jones is a super dynamic, low in the hole type safety. And with the Miami's defensive structure being as aggressive as it is, and the other guys that they have that can tackle and play in the slot, it's a numbers game. That's that's the the challenge, right? Is well, you're going to have to make some tough decisions. And trading Eric Rowe would be a tough decision. But just to kind of recap the names that we've acknowledged here uh, across all the position groups that would be players that could make some semblance of sense to varying degrees, not all of them, but the exercise was to find somebody in each room. Skylar Thompson, Miles Gaskin, Preston Williams, Adam Shaheen, Solomon Kinley, Brennan Scarlett, Sam McGuavin, Trill Williams, and Eric Rowe. Who are the guys? Who are the two guys I think could probably net you the best return on investment? Rowe and probably Kinley. Who would be more likely to be dealt? Kinley, because I think he is di- disposable relative to the trajectory of the Dolphins in their scheme versus Eric Rowe, who can still hold a lot of value for the Dolphins, even if he's not playing as predominantly as he was in 2020. But um, I also would not want to trade Eric Rowe. I would certainly be receptive of, of all the names that we mentioned. Guys that I'd be receptive to trading if if I were Chris Greer. Gaskin, Preston Williams, Shaheen, Kinley, Scarlet. That's probably it, unless you're going to make me an offer I can't refuse on anybody, but uh, like even Trill. Like I'd love to hold on to Trill. He was a big brand guy for for us last summer, and and we love seeing him make the roster. Um, I want to see have see him have success in Miami. So almost all the offensive guys, like the out with the old, in with the new, the out with the old guys. I'd certainly be receptive to anything I can get for those guys. Hope you guys enjoyed this uh, thought exercise here on Locked On Dolphins. I certainly enjoyed exploring the roster. We have some great content coming the rest of the week, including Power to the Pod, the mailbag episode, which anything and everything that you want to talk about, it's when we get to it. So plan accordingly. Leave a review of the show. Leave a review. Uh, leave your question in that review. I'll make sure I get to them on the show. Seen a couple already come trickling in. So be ready. Plan accordingly. Make sure you keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins, your team every day. We don't just say it, we live it here on the Locked On Network. Fins up. Thanks for watching and listening. I'll talk with you guys again tomorrow.